All right, everybody. Hey, welcome to the Brown Experience. This is season two, episode one, Brown America. With me as always, uh, my name is William. This is Javi. What's up, Javi? What's going on, Will? It is, uh, well, after last night's debate, it is. there's a lot going on, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know what I was more fascinated about hearing some of the things or just i thought there was going to be some punches for a second <laughs> yeah yeah and uh and it just you know it just goes to show that um if our two uh presidential candidates can be in this much disarray this much confusion this much uh uh conflict i mean how is how is our united states and so um we wanted to be transparent we want to talk about all things that affect the brown community um for those of you guys who are watching so uh we picked a few of their debate topics the ones that uh we felt that uh, more closely affect the brown community and so uh we're going to be going over a few of those not talking about uh how the candidates felt because we we're not in their shoes we're not um we can't speak on behalf of their campaign, but we can say uh, how these topics affect the uh, Brown community in general. Is that is that okay to say, Javi? Yeah, 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 definitely. Okay, cool. So um, let's go ahead and get started. <laughs> Woo, let's, let's get started. <laughs> okay, um, first topic, coronavirus, uh, coronavirus. And so um, it's been a big thing in 2020, uh, the... Um, the effect that it's had on the entire globe in 2020. Um, you know, there's been reports that people have known about since 2019, but the real impact has happened, you know, at the, at the beginning, the first quarter, if you will, of this year. And um, Javi, how do you, um, how do you feel about the coronavirus? You have uh, what are your thoughts on that? You know what, Will, you know, the funny thing, well, that's not the funny thing, but, I actually have a friend who lives in China at this moment. And since January of this year, he's been telling me, Javi, be ready. It's coming to you guys. It's coming to you guys. And I was like, what's really coming? And I was like, it's a virus. It's real. It's happening. A lot of people are getting sick. And, you know, I didn't really pay so much attention to it till March. It was March. And, you know, I was at a retreat. And I was just like listening to all the uh, WeChats that he was sending me and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and, it, and it happened exactly what he had told me about the lockdown, about how strict they were. Like one person from each home was only allowed to go out and yeah. such, you know, it, it happened. It happened. And I think the way that we handle it was different. But then again, I think it was us. Yeah. who probably didn't take it the right way. Sure. At least that's my thought. Yeah. You know, when we we were told it's a lockdown, some of us were still going out. We didn't really pay attention. We didn't really think it was real. Yeah. And that's. Yeah, no. And, and, and uh, just to kind of add on to that, and maybe we agree, we disagree, but I, I personally think that, uh, yeah, there were, as far as it coming more from, how do I get in the screen? Yeah. Uh, coming from the East and moving more towards West, um, you saw the impact that it had, like you, you've seen countries like France and Italy and, um, all those start to shut down and you're like, wait a minute. So does that mean we're immune from it? Because we're, uh, you know, an Atlantic ocean, uh, apart from it, <laughs> but, um, but it turns out that, uh, yeah, I mean, it affected us here in the, uh, in the Western, uh, part of the globe as well. And I think, there could have been more precautions. I would agree with you on that um, from the United States. But at the same time, this is the part where we probably would disagree is I don't think anybody really knew exactly what to do. I mean, everybody agreed, everybody from here to to Antarctica, that N95 masks, uh, the masks that are that are well equipped to um, to be able to filter that stuff out. I think everybody could agree that that was um, the the way to go if you were going to choose a mask. But unfortunately, they just didn't have it. They just didn't have enough ready. And by the time it hit the globe, I mean, they were either sold out or they were um, obligated uh, uh prioritized to hospitals and nurses which i mean it should be um but we we just weren't ready i i personally think we weren't ready and um could we have been more ready i think so like you're saying um we could have taken things more seriously more precautiously but um yeah i 
it's it sucks because and you know it, and i think it continues to be still a debate at this very moment because i mean state of california at least some counties you know some were opening things up about two three months ago yeah. and in two weeks the cases started spiking up again they closed everything down again and it wasn't until last week you know that things started opening up again yeah and now it's like one of those things where like, okay, is it going to get better or is it going to get worse? Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you think about it, flu season's around the corner. Yeah. If anything, we're in flu season. So it's going to be one of those things where like, are we ready? Are we still, are, even after taking so many measures, are we even ready? Yeah. You know? And I, and you know, I think, and, and I think the next topic that goes into that, well, reopening you know, the economy because that's it. Right. I mean, how, uh, I'm sorry, Javi, to interrupt you, but reopen the economy. Um, how how should we do it? Should we do it gradually? Should we do it just everybody free for all and all that stuff, right, Javi? Like, what what are your thoughts on that? It's just unfortunate, you know. A lot of small businesses just shut down. You know, they it's been they just shut down. You know, uh, many family owned restaurants, and I think this is the part where it hurts. Where I see a lot of like small businesses like family businesses and especially restaurants are they just shut down and that's it you know they used all their monies that they were saving and they just shut down just because there was nothing to do and there's still a lot of companies and businesses across you know the US shutting down because it was it wasn't ready it wasn't ready to see what we were able to do like you know it's still at this very moment here in the state of California you know I was reading the newspaper that over, how many 14,000, 18,000 Disneyland employees yes. are going to be laid off? 28. 28,000. You know, that's a whole big chunk of number. And like, we don't know when it's, you know, theme parks are going to be opening. And 28,000, that's a huge number. Yeah. How is it that reopen economy? Like, if it's affecting businesses like Disneyland, imagine how much, you know, how much it hurt the small businesses and it sucks, but somehow or another, I feel that we have to gradually open some of the businesses. I think some of the steps that we're taking were necessary at least to stop the virus. Yeah, no, I agree. And, um, I agree. And then I don't, cause I think you're going to say more of a gradual, I'm going to go on the side of I mean, what do you do, man? Like, I mean, we're, me and you are both, we dabble in small business. We, we, we even may have ownership in a small business. This is considered a small business. I mean, what do you do, right? What do you do when, um, with the restaurant, the bar, the breweries, I mean, to go and all that stuff, but I'm, I'm sure just as much as, as I have, you've been out there, uh, trying to support a lot of these, uh, local, uh, organizations, a lot of these local eateries. And all they tell me is we've been hurt. We've been hurt. Um, I mean, we are blessed for the business that we have. But mm-hmm. I mean, at, at what point do you do it? Do you just do you just a wait for this to blow over? B do you open fully open or with modifications? I mean, um, what do you what would you do, Javi? What would you do? Uh, and that's the thing. Well, I don't think again, if I had a small business or anything like that, it came to us. We thought twenty twenty a new era you know, and it just came out of nowhere. It just came and it just brought us down, you know, like, or it just, it was just a moment like that. People weren't ready. People were thinking, you know, people were making objectives, goals, whatever there were for 2020 for this new era. Yeah. This moment came to us <laughs> that I don't know how, what I would do it. It's yeah. sad, but at the end of the day, like I would try to find ways to maintain my business going and I feel like there was a lot of businesses who found little ways to keep the business running. Yeah. But a lot of businesses didn't have that commodity. So it's unfortunate. So. And even, even I, there, there's the key there, Javi. And I think you're right. I think there's going to have to be some give and take from both. Um, there's going to be, have to be some give, maybe some more subsidies from the government because this, somebody put it, they told me, uh, they paraphrased it in a really, really good way. And, uh, they said this was not something that um, was self-inflicted or even like a disaster, a natural disaster. This was a government mandate basically forcing them to shut down. So therefore, the government has a responsibility to subsidize them for that 
business loss. And um, I mean, I would agree, right? Because it's, it's kind of like, you know, them saying you can no longer condemn conduct business because it's not safe, which we'd all agree to. But then what about the loss, uh, you know, of business? And so whether that's the government subsidizing for helping, you know, these these organizations, these businesses um, get the proper accommodations to reopen or it's, you know, a financial subsidy. I know we've had um, uh, different policies. Um, some of the organizations that I work with, um, you know, were fortunate enough to take advantage of it, but it wasn't enough. That was two and a half months of, uh, of PPE stuff. And, uh, and so that we, we need to do more for that. And so I'm, I'm definitely more for me personally. I'm more for let's open up the economy slowly um, and gradually and take every necessary precautions. But I mean, until we have a vaccine, nice transition, <laughs> until we have a vaccine, nothing is going to be safe. And so are we just going to pause the entire, you know, transaction world until that happens? I mean, that's just, that's just how I think. And so the just next topic. the right years, you know, in the meantime, and I think that was one of the uh, topics that was brought up, the mask, you know, um, if we know that masks, you know, are helping to bring down some of the COVID cases, yeah. it's not that hard to wear a mask. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. hard. Um, you know, I do it and I only do it because I have my parents, you know, that I wouldn't want them to, for me to come in and say it's because of me that they caught COVID or anything like that. Us younger people uh, will like, you know, we're able to fight it, but who's to say my grandparents or even my parents, yeah. you know, so just taking the right measures. And I think, um, you know, Trump did mention limiting precautions, Biden over precautions, you know, well, what about you? Well, like, do you think mask or other measures are necessary? Um, okay. So I'm, I'm going to say that I, okay. I wear a mask. I'm wear a mask to, um, not because I think that it's going to do so much good. I do it out of respect. Mm -hmm. um, we've talked a lot about that word out of respect for other people that are close to me. I think when you make the decision, if you don't have a medical condition or if you're not an infant that uh, could possibly get suffocate, uh, uh, get suffocated or have breathing issues or anything like that, where it would cause you to not be able to wear a mask then that's a different story but if right. you do have the ability if you listen if you gained a lot of weight during covid we all did and you're having breathing problems that's not a that's not a medical thing you know that means get your butt up the mountain and get some exercise you know start to work on that breathing <laughs> but all that joking aside and that will be i'll leave that in um all that joking aside to say that i mean listen by not wearing a mask by not doing every precaution you can, washing your hands or whatever, whatever's at your disposal to do, by not making those precautions, you're basically saying to everybody else, I'm more important than everybody else who's who's doing that. Uh, people call each other like sheep and all this other crap. It's not sheep, it's, it's being respectful. It's right. trying to it's trying to care for somebody else. Maybe that person is going grocery shopping for, you know, an elderly person or somebody who's disabled or and all that stuff. And it's like, you know, they're doing those precautions. What if that was your uh, elderly mother, elderly father or your disabled child or whatever the case may be? Um, start to start to think through those things. And I think we, we live in a very selfish society. So mask to me. Good. If you don't want to wear it within your own family or whatever, then then don't. You don't have to. Nobody's forcing you to do it. Nobody's putting a gun to your head to do it. But when you're out on the open, um, definitely, definitely do it. So, um, okay, so that was the mass conversation. So vaccine, Javi. So um, we're not medical experts, but what they did kind of touch on is a timeline to a vaccine versus like one that should be rushed and one that should – Okay, let me say it in this way. Uh, if you had the vaccine and let's say it's 80% okay, are you going to rush it out or are you going to wait, let's just say, another year to get one that's 100% okay? Javi, what would, what would you answer to that? You know what, Will? Like, it, I've been – I've been. Uh, uh, that one's a tough one. Come on. You're a doctor. You're a doctor now. <laughs> no, I think, you know – I'd rather have something that's going to be a hundred percent, 
why rush something? Um, and then find, you know, throughout this process, let's say thousands of people get the 80% vaccine that it's going to be okay. But then if we start seeing that it's not working, we still have that 20%, you know, that it's just going to make things worse. And it goes back to things. Why rush? Why rush things when we should do the things the right way? So I would wait. I would go ahead and wait. Again, it goes just because, again, to people that I want to go ahead and respect, you know, because there's elderly people who would want me to wait, who would want me to respect the time that they want something that it's going to be 100 percent rather than something that's going to be 80 percent because there's still that small gap. What about you? Uh, we're going to disagree <laughs> uh, because I'm more, I have the more entrepreneurial spirit. I'm always like, look, just get the product out as best you can. And uh, you guys seen for some of these videos, they're not perfect, but they're okay. <laughs> they're watchable. Um, and so I here, I, I would do some type of hybrid. I would do something that says, you know what, go to your doctor, go to your medical professional, get tested and see if this vaccine will be okay for you. And if everything checks out to the best of the ability, then take it. If you choose not to, then then don't. We'll, we're going to have another vaccine in a year, you know, that's, that, that's going to be okay. Um, I guess the problem with that is, is, is that, um, you know, when eventually, or let's just say half the country takes the 80% and, you know, death rates or whatever aside, do you still keep up all those precautions like the uh, what is it the plexiglass the mask and all that stuff i mean how do you control that so that just kind of gets into and that's like, going to be the thing like a lot of people you know and i'm one of them i take the flu shot and just because i take the flu shot i think that i'm not going to catch the flu yeah you know? and it's just one of those things like unfortunately i think we live in a country and we are people we make mistakes we're human it's fine but i think the moment that we take any vaccine, whether if it's 100% or 80%, yep. we're going to be thinking that everything's going to be completely fine. So I prefer something that's going to be 100% than continue reinventing because I'm thinking about economic cost. It's going to cost us more money. That Let's say that 80% vaccine wasn't working. Then why reinvent something and bring something that we could have just waited? And it's going to cost us more money. Yeah. And, and who's going to be that paying that? Produce. Yeah. So, and it's going to, in the long run, I'm thinking money wise, why would you want more people to be sick? Why would you want people to just think that we're done that rushing something? I think we should have something that it's going to be a hundred percent. And I think that goes with anything. Yeah, I think, and it goes with anything. Like it's, it's like buying a new home. It's like your roof is the 80 is a 20%. Mm-hmm. Are you going to buy a brand new home without the roof? It depends on how steep of a discount I get. <laughs> but sort of consequences, and that's that twenty percent. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. So that's how I look at it. So I'd rather have something where I'm going to go ahead and wait. Whether it's going to be six more months, we've already waited for how long? March till what next year? I think we could become better. We could become you know, more civilized and more respectful. And I think this is what's creating, I don't know about you, but I feel like with the people that I'm speaking to, even my family has become more of cautious, cautious and more clean. They wash their hands immediately before, you know, um, right when we're coming from the outside to the inside, you know, the moment that we arrive from the store or anything like that, you get our stuff we become more cautious about things. We become more clean and stuff. And I like that. The only thing that I don't like what I've seen differently, it's masks sometimes everywhere, uh, you know, in the parking lots or anything like that. That's not cool. Yeah. So. Me t- I agree. And it's just, dude, like, it's just like trash, right? Like who are these people that just feel like, Oh yeah, well, here's my cups. I'm just going to throw out the window. <laughs> so to me, will I rather wait for something that's going to be a hundred percent, and rather than it's going to cost us more money in the long run. And I'm going to disagree. And we do this all the time. It's fine. Um, I'm going to disagree. I'm going to say, if you want to go and take the 80% and, uh, and get checked by your doctor and you think it's cool, then that's up to your, uh, your discretion. So speaking of COVID and all that stuff, Javi, they did touch on the economic recovery and uh, how long they think it's going to take and uh, what that whole process looks like. Um, 
What are your thoughts on that? It's going to take a while. Well, again, I think it goes back to, you know, the previous topic that we were talking, uh, talking about reopening economy, you know, those, uh, businesses, um, that were affected because of COVID and if they were affected really bad, it's going to take a while for some sort of recovery. Um, you know, businesses who are multi-million billion dollar companies, you know, we're looking at the airlines, you know, how they, bad they were affected. You know, we talked about Disneyland earlier today, you know, how bad it got affected. And, you know, it's going to take a while. It's going to be something that it's not going to take, you know, it's going to be from one week to another. It's probably going to be like the recession that we, uh, we had in the um, late 2000s, you know, late, um, what, 2008, 2009. It's going to take a while. It's going to take a while. So I don't think it's going to change from the next term. Uh, maybe it's going to take about four years. It's going to take four years. Yeah. And I think the issue with that is that the only reason why I feel like there's it's going to take a while for economic recovery, it's because there's such a division between the Democrats and the Republicans mm-hmm. that we cannot come to a middle ground of what's best for the country. Yep. We're just looking what's best for each party itself. Yeah. Okay, and I, and we we really see that a perfect example with the second stimulus check. You know, I just hear every sec every day. You know, that the stimulus check is being bumped. Being bumped. We're going to be almost done with the whole COVID, and we're probably going to find a COVID before they come to an agreement. And that's the problem. The problem is that our country is so divided, and it's between Republicans and Democrats. Like, you know, it's there. Everyone has different opinions about each one. So it's going to take a while. I think it's going to take at least four years. So, yeah, I I think um, I'm going to actually go the opposite. I'm, I think um, this is what you guys wanted. This is what you guys wanted to see. You guys wanted to see uh, a little bit of conflict. You want to see a little bit of disagreement. We were, I told you, season two, this is going to happen. Um, I disagree. I think once they shout vaccine and everybody's, Every masks are going to go in the air and everybody's just going to go back and we're going to forget all about that this ever happened. I think we're looking at maybe a two year max recovery. Now, I will say this, though. I will agree with you on this part. I think the small businesses that are um, uh, what's the what's the term that I, I really am thinking of? Um, th- just the ones that lose out that have went bankrupt or who had to close or all that stuff. Um, Casualties, right? Casualties, that's the word. Um, For those who are casualties of this and can no longer, unfortunately, they're just going to be lost. I mean, that that just sucks. So in the long run, then, if you're looking at it, well, those companies who are million-dollar companies are the winners, you know? And it's to me, it's unfortunate to see that the companies with, you know, if it's a mom's and pop shop, if it's a family restaurant, if it's a family um, business own, you know, those businesses will never see them again. But the ones, the winners at, out of all of this, it's going to be the million dollar companies. Okay. Let's, let's fight about this because I'm going to say yes and no. I mean, I feel like there's going, so number one, I feel like that's going to come out of this um, uh, economic recovery. I think people are going to rethink their job, especially if they're in college, if they're in high school, I really think that they're going to divert to more essential work because we have seen that um, people who aren't considered essential lose their jobs. And for, look at, I mean, some people are still closed down. Uh, I feel like people who start a business, who were interested in starting a business, breweries and all that are probably going to be wineries and all that stuff is probably going to be at the bottom of the totem pole because how they're still unable to open even gradually as we're moving into the the different phases they're still not even able to open so i feel like that's going to change and even for big businesses i feel like a lot of them are going to be absorbed um by like even the airlines that you mentioned some airline companies um are going to combine because they're going to go bankrupt and they're going to be absorbed by maybe bigger companies. But where I do agree with you is, yes, there are going to be companies like Amazon, but Amazon's more of a different type of company because they are essential. I love my prime. <laughs> and he, 
he got it. He has a good business. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. He mastered the supply chain management and understanding warehousing and, and labor laws and all that stuff. I mean, he, he was brilliant. So right. of course he deserves it. Right. Um, but you know, uh, we're going to start, I mean, even my friends, a couple of my friends, shout out to them. I'm not going to mention their names, but who work for Facebook and, and QuickBooks and Google and all them. Um, they're now dispersed in America and they're waiting for word that they can work remotely permanently. Now you get a job at Facebook, Google making six figures starting out. You can live in Idaho or Wisconsin or any one of those states and your dollar means so much more than a place like California. And so that the relocation, that's going to that's going to have an effect on on all this as well and commercial values are just going to go down but we could talk about that later that that's getting too deep but all all to say that i think um you can look at it in different ways i think people can look at it as oh man this is the worst and you know damn whoever or you can look at it like look this is going to re-change the entire landscape of how business is looked at uh from this point forward right and um and now i'm going to start to invest towards um you know different things maybe than i had thought of previously okay uh next topic uh new taxes so um we already know how trump is he preaches taxes 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 as far as um lowering taxes which he has i mean we can't disagree with that um versus joe biden would raise taxes somewhat i mean he says on the wealthy but either way it's going to have to have an effect on overall uh workers as well um what do you think about that javi what do you think about taxes and how much more taxes are to or myself am i going to pay at every paycheck yeah yeah you know, i think clarify here that. Clear for that? you know here living in california we already pay enough taxes for a single person, you know, that to me, it's like, yeah. how much more am I going to pay? Or, you know, it's like one of those things that if your employer provides or gives you the opportunity to do overtime, you're double thinking, is it even worth it? Yeah. You know? And no, I, I, I'm against it. I think for me, like, at least for me, who I'm single, I don't have any children, you know, that I could claim or anything like that. How much more taxes am I going to be paying? Well, Ladies. <laughs> how much more am i going to be pay so no i'm against that um you know i don't you know different state has different taxes that here in the state of california where i'm at how much and that's going to be my question how much more taxes am i going to yeah. pay so no i disagree with them at that point yeah us california uh us here in california new york i believe hawaii uh, we pay the most state taxes. So, uh, and it's to support programs, um, some good, some bad. Um, I, I, I agree with Javi in a sense of I, there shouldn't be, I mean, <laughs> single male, no kids, uh, same thing here. Um, we're in the highest tax bracket, especially, uh, when you start to climb up that ladder, uh, to the different, uh, tiers of, of taxation. Um, you know, we're, we're definitely susceptible to the higher tax rates. And so, um, I personally think that, um, we can do more with what we have already. And I think, unfortunately, this is where politics happen. Um, I'm not really, this is not the, the episode where we're going to get into that because we will trust me, it's going to be great. Um, uh, we're, uh, we can talk about how, we would restructure all that political uh, deal. But I will say that um, no to new taxes. I think we, how much higher can we pay in the seventies? I know they paid super high taxes, but uh, yeah, not today, please not today. <laughs> so he also mentioned race and uh, racial sensitivity training. What was your thought process about that one? Will? Um, I think so, both of them, you know, had different opinions when race was brought up as one of the topics what do you think so i'm going to take the your first statement um and we can talk about that first if you don't mind um so when he talked about racial sensitivity training he talked about um i, I believe the the curator brought it up and then uh, biden kind of talked about it it was directed more at police um you know everybody a knee-jerk reaction 
and we're going to get into Black Lives Matter and all that into a different episode. Um, but a knee-jerk reaction was defund the police. And if your objective is to, in my, this is all my opinion, if your objective is to help police, because not, you can look at it in every end of the spectrum. Not all brown people are good. Not all brown people are bad. Not all white people are good. Not all white people are bad. Not all grocery store owners. Not you. The list can go on. So let's just take that idea. Not all police officers are good. Not all police officers are bad. So why not help? Why not try to fix the problem first before we start cutting people in half and fund them, give them more funding specifically for um, mental health, <clears throat> excuse me, see, I'm already here talking, I'm choking up about it, mental health programming. So more psychiatric tests, more counseling and all that stuff that is mandatory. It's not an option. It's mandatory for them. Also, the length of time that it, it takes to become a police officer. I went through the training, so I understand it's not that long. I mean, it's like a three to four, six, not even, it's less than a year. Let's Let's all agree. It's less than a year's training. In some countries, you don't even get to be have a badge until it's at least college education and you're at least two to three years um, on the force. And so um, we need to rethink that whole process because here's the thing. I don't think anybody goes into becoming a police officer and says, wow, I really can't wait to screw this person up. It's right. the job that gets to them just like our soldiers, just like people who live in the hood. It's the same thing. It's PTSD. It's been proven. You, this is a fact. And so why don't we fund them more to help them? Why don't we uh, do that? And I think uh, that was Biden's argument and, and not so many words. And Trump's argument is basically, um, you know, let's not, let's just leave it as is and police liberty, meaning let the police kind of do whatever they want. And I'm very much against that because I've been a victim of racial profiling before. Um, I've been in handcuffs. You can ask all the friends who've been with me. I've been targeted uh, as a young Latino male uh, growing up and um, even embarrassed to many a degree uh, because of the color of my skin, because of my last name, because of what I look like now. So I think I do have um, some bearing some ability to talk on this platform because of that. So I think let's retrain them. Let's, if there's a complaint, if there's a maximum of, I don't know, three complaints, then you retrain them. And if you do the training, that's when you'll get, you know, your raises or whatever. I mean, there's a way to think about all this through, but there definitely the answer is not defunding the police or keeping it the same. We need a response to police brutality uh, to how the police currently conduct themselves because this has been going on for far too long and there needs to be a change. Javi? I definitely agree with you, Will. I think there has to be better programming, ongoing programming. It shouldn't just be the training and then you're done. It should be going ongoing programming. Um, it shouldn't be something that the police department or, you know, just deal with it, find what it is. We need to continue finding ways. I mean, I'm sure within your employer, my employer, my previous employers, there's an ongoing training to be better at what we're doing. You know, there isn't just training for when we're going through the hiring, hiring process or whatever it is. There's an ongoing training to be better people, to be better at our jobs. Yeah. So I feel like funding shouldn't stop just whatever months it takes you to be a police officer, it should be an ongoing process. Absolutely. And, and just to, different oh. topics going in, you know, whatever our things are dealing at this, this year or in things that we're probably not going to be dealing the following year yeah. or years. So things are changing. So I think we need to adapt to new changes yeah. and then you know, those uh, changes, um, you know, you said a mental mental health, that's huge. You know, how is it, you know, especially with COVID, we're going to see a spike with mental health. We've seen a spike with mental health, you know, but how is the police department being, how are they dealing with this, yeah. with this issue at this very moment? Making what are we doing to protect them? Yeah. Yeah. And you I know? think um, if it's okay, if, if I speak for you, Javi, I don't think 
we're here today talking and saying police officers are bad. I think police officers are great. We we respect them to a certain degree. Um, we uh, trust them to uphold their sworn duties, which again, that could be another conversation, but we, we knowingly and willingly trust them. But it's those bad eggs that give the rest uh, right. a bad name and it, and it leads to that distrust. All that to say, police officers are great. Um, there are going to be some bad eggs there, but um, there should be more training. There should be, um, you know, more psychiatric uh, tests. Training, yeah, yeah, uh, all that stuff. And mm-hmm. and you know, we we have uh, friends. I don't have any family. I don't know if Javi does, but uh, I have friends who are police officers who I love and who are near dear to my heart. Um, you know, I would literally take a bullet for them. Um, but if you are a police officer and you're watching us, and if in your head or in your family's head you you're not uh, seeing that there's something going on. Yeah, there's no, nothing's perfect. Nothing's perfect. You have to admit that there's something going on and we need to fix that. And I think uh, me and Javi would agree that the way to do that is more funding, more funding. Right. And that goes into the um, the racing that Javi was talking about. So let me go ahead and set this up, Javi. So in that part of the um, episode, um, when Trump was asked to uh denounce any type of supremacy, but specifically white supremacy, um, he was given the opportunity to do that. Joe Biden did, and then it was his opportunity to do it. The curator asked, and his response was, well, what do you want me to say before he stumbled on his words? So when given the opportunity to denounce racism, right after he stumbled his words, he told the proctor, the uh, debate proctor, what do you want me to say? And that was basically how that uh, segment ended. And um, I mean, there was some more stuff in there that we're going to leave out. But um, basically, the whole point is when given the opportunity to denounce it, any type of supremacy, and then specifically white supremacy, uh, he didn't do that. And so I thought that that was a big, well, two things. One, I think it was uh, smart of him to not tr- you know, lose his base. I mean, you know, if you are Caucasian um, and if you identify with that culture, I mean, there's nothing wrong that he said about that to you. Uh, But to everybody else, African-American, Asian-American, Middle Eastern-American, Latin American, which is our platform. I mean, that's just a big blow to us because it says you don't you don't look at us like we matter, too. Um, And uh, and it was unfortunate. I I felt very hurt by that. Um, You know, I felt like like you talked about in one of the previous episodes that we took a step back and that was a great, I mean, you, you don't have to lose your base. You could just say, I denounce racism. That's of any kind. That's of anybody who's thinking that they're a racist Supreme. Like he didn't do that. The and moment just, he did that, well, it was my thought. I was like, he's racist. Mm. He's racist. And I know that this was just what he needed to say to make it clear. So that's what I got from that specific moment. See, and I would disagree. I think, I don't think he's racist him himself. I think he's smart enough to know, or some people call it manipulative enough, but I think it's smart to know if your base is 40% of America, you can't lose your base by saying you want to be all inclusive to everybody else. Unfortunately, there are still people who have that mindset and that's okay just know that that's your mindset you know what i'm saying like i think people try to muddy the waters it's like no if, if you think that your color of your skin you know your country of origin all that stuff makes you superior just own it that's you that's who you are write it write a shirt about it <laughs> you know what i mean like don't be scared the way that things come out out of his mouth it's not the best way yeah I agree. But I, I think that what I was trying to say about that is that I think that he was smart, manipulative enough to not lose his base on that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, because I think, look, I think Trump is a business person. I think he is all about money. He doesn't care. In my opinion, he doesn't care if it comes from a white, black, Asian, uh, Hispanic, Latino. I don't think he cares. As long as he makes more money than what he had, I don't think he cares where the money comes from. Do you, you, you understand what I'm saying? I agree. Yeah, so I that, think uh, 
that would disqualify him from being racist. It just means that he appeals to that base and he does nothing to combat that because he doesn't want to lose that base. Does that make sense? No, it makes sense. It makes sense. But I feel like the way that he says things, it's maybe it's perhaps not the best way to say things because that very moment it makes him look. It, it makes us feel. It makes myself feel that he's racist. Of course, yeah. You know, and again, appealing to the to that audience. I mean, yeah, I I would agree. Um, okay, I'm going to skip this next one, Javi, and go right into this is why people are protesting. Um, Javi, what do you think about protests? It's necessary. I, we, you know, there's been many different ways how it's been done. And I feel like it passes a message. It gives us a message. And, you know, they talked about it last night. You know, Trump immediately said, send the National Guard to stop it. You know, and the Biden one goes back and, well, Trump loves the chaos. But I feel like, you know, I feel like protesting, it's just a way for people to be heard. Especially with what we're dealing at this very moment with Black, Black, Black Lives Matter. Yeah. You know, it's necessary. Um, there's been many different ways attempted in the past, but it hasn't been... Uh, it hasn't been approached the right way. So what other ways can someone do anything about it to be heard? So protesting only if you're doing it the right way, not going out there by riot, you know, by creating riots, not, not going out there by, you know, doing harm to other businesses, not doing harm to other homes, not doing harm to other vehicles, not doing harm to other people yeah. for what the cost is for. That's when I believe that protesting is the right way totally. to do things. Yeah, and we agree to that. I mean, I think it, uh, there's other ways to um, get your message across, and, and that's been proven to um, have a big uh, impact because what it does is it garnishes media attention. You see all these people gathering a lot around, and you're like, okay, well, wait a minute. What's your message? Like, what are you, what are you trying to do here? And so um, peaceful protesting always has my heart on – and for, you know, any any type of cause that is not harmful to another person, um, then do it. And, you know, it I think when you see when you see other people, um, let's say if it was our people, let's say if it was brown people and we seen other people looting and all that stuff, I think a very a good response if you, you know, don't want to send a negative message is just to surround the business and just say, you know what, lock arms and just say, you know what, we're not going to allow you to do that because there's always going to be, again, like we talked about the police, there's always going to be good and bad apples. We're going to lock arms and we're going to say, you're not going to harm this business because that's not the message we're trying to send. I think that's a very easy way to combat that. Um, but there's a lot of angry people and, um, that's what you get when you, you know, that's what happens when people feel like their voices aren't being heard. They're, they become destructive. They're saying, well, what's the point of this anyway if you're not going to um, listen to my voice? And so I understand it. I, I go and be destroying things that are not yours. You know, I don't know about you, but I grew up in a home where, like, just because I don't get my way doesn't necessarily mean I have to go and break the chair in my home. You know what would happen to me if I did that? <laughs> but no, 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 no. What I'm trying to say, it's like, you don't do that. There's proper ways to do it. And I've seen many proper ways to do it. I feel when people actually come together, whatever background you are, race, religion, whatever it is, and you're coming with a purpose, yeah. that's when it makes sense. Yeah, totally. So, um, yeah, definitely. And the last topic, um, voting integrity. And, um, this was this came up because um you know uh joe biden um himself was kind of endorsing more of mail-in ballots um trump combat hit combated him i don't even know if that's a word combat uh combated uh he came back at him and said no you know we need to have more in-person or some other form of voting because mail voting has been proven to be fraud um, you have instances of people who maybe have passed away and they're voting on their behalf, right? Or they're throwing those mail-in ballots in the trash that um, 
were sent off to their mail carrier and the mail carrier just went and dumped them in the trash. I guess that was one of the, um, uh, one of the thoughts on that. Um, what do you think about voting integrity? Hoggy? Is there a specific type that you endorse yourself or, um, how do you feel about that? Ever since I had the opportunity, well, and we know we decided, you know, I didn't become a U.S. citizen until I was 20, 21. So I really didn't have the opportunity to vote. But I, for my own will, I've always voted through mail. It was just easier for me to do. You know, I kind of get the whole keeping the old school way by, you know, coming in and voting and stuff like that. But I, I think I'm more of a person that it doesn't matter how you vote, you just vote. <laughs> You know, whether if it's through mail, whether if it's in person, whatever the case is. Yeah. And I think the the situation that we're living right now, whether if we have to be a little bit safer because of COVID and such, you know, just do wear your mask. You know, I'm sure that they're going to be sanitizing the, um, you know, the booths to vote and stuff. If you're going to go ahead and choose to um, mail in your ballot, just do it and just yeah. do it on integrity. I and mean, if there's actually people, you know, who are throwing away the ballots or who are voting for others and everything. That's really the integrity of the person, you know? And for me, it's just my vote counts and that's the only vote that's going to be coming in. Just my vote, you know? Yeah. And I, I think that that's, you know, where the lines got blurred last night is I think they took it too far to the extreme. They said, you know, if you vote mail in, you know, sometimes in some states, it is true. Some states are not allowed to open that ballot until the day of the election. I don't know why don't we don't live in that state. Um, I, I feel like every vote should be ready and counted before um, election day and those who choose to go to the polls, you know, that information gets uploaded that day, that night, whatever. I mean, we have a new president by that next day, um, ready to rock and roll. And so I think that they should definitely make those adjustments to make that happen. Um, because I feel like, you know, if listen, both are fine. If you are unable to handicap, if you, um, you know, for some reason you're, you're more cautious about COVID, like Javi was saying, then yeah, mail it in. No problem. You know, go ahead and do that. And if there's voter fraud, I mean, there's always going to be good and bad with that. Um, if you want to go in in person, uh, I'll probably be going in person and uh, in voting. Um, I'm going to be writing in my vote this year and we'll talk about that later um then 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 do that take advantage of that but i think in order to keep the integrity of everything they should manage how that's done because by the next day that morning when i wake up i want to know who my president is i don't want to hear a big old scandaloso of oh well we are still missing a million votes mail in or blah blah like that should have been taken care of earlier on in the month make the deadline by october 3rd to mail in your ballot um you know what i mean like something like that where it can already be starting to be counted or whatever and then go from there what do you think i agree i definitely yeah. agree well vote everybody make sure and vote me and javi are, are real uh, serious about that so in conclusion javi um how do you think the first debate went mm, <laughs> i think i was more intrigued or the, you know, some people's comments on Facebook, social media, you know, to see what they're saying about the whole thing. Um, I'm not going to lie. I did expect something better. I expected something better. I feel that instead of um, Trump, and this is my thought process from the whole thing, instead of Trump attacking Biden and any other Democrat, you know, whether if it was Hillary Clinton, whether if it was Obama's presidency, you know, he should reiterate and said what he's done in the last four years instead of attacking the Democratic team. Yeah. As for Biden, it was very passive. He was very passive with a lot of the things that were being said. Yeah. You know, um, I feel when it comes down to politics, you do have to be a little bit aggressive. But I do feel that Biden was trying to speak to the people, to the Americans. Yeah. And, you know, it was more of Trump trying to argue with Biden, but that's what I observed and what I got from it. Yeah. You know, we'll see how the next one is, um, hopefully better than last night's. So we'll see. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then um, we probably we might not have a show whole, whole show dedicated to it, but we'll definitely make sure and, and comment about that as well, and and how that next debate is. Uh, from my perspective, <laughs> we're gonna have a little bit of a of a difference there. I mean, I listen. The way that I look at Biden, I I'm not I'm not gonna talk about who I'm gonna vote for because I want to save that for uh for an upcoming episode. But um, spoiler alert, I'm not voting for either. Me personally, um. I'm going to be writing in uh, somebody. And so um, I think this is 100% Biden's um, election to lose, not Trump's. And here's why, what I mean. When you look at Biden, you can't get over the fact that he looks real elderly, very sickly, very like he just looks like he's tired and he really and that's many years in politics, you know, good or bad. I, it doesn't really matter. Just that's the burden of that you know uh, uh choosing that as your career and so whenever i seen trump go back at him it's like dude like you're beating up an old man like he's he's gonna he's basically like killing himself in my opinion he's basically killing himself like what are you doing like it, it's making you look bad you know what i mean like you were going on the attack for him like you know that's just my opinion um and it, it just made it look like worse than what it is like he was so eager to talk and it's like he had to like defend himself and it's like but if you're if your body of work which i would agree with to some extent has been good right just the body of work the economy and all that stuff not the other stuff um then let it speak for itself you know like you don't have to defend that like that that's a that should be a, a gold star on your record and um and to me it just looked like he was just wanting to attack 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 yeah i said this before and I'll say it again. Uh, I'm more excited about the vice president. Award. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, very excited for that one. Yeah. We already had an idea. And I think I already had an idea of how last night was going to play. Yeah. Really did. I'm going to be a little bit surprised how the vice president goes. So. We'll hold our thoughts for that one. <laughs> yes, yes, that one's coming up. Um, and that'll do it for this show. It's already been a 50-some-minute-odd show, so we are going to give you your break. We are going to get back to what we do. And uh, thanks for joining us. What did you think? Did you um, did you agree with some of the things that we talked about? Would Do you wish that we would have talked about more things? Uh, let us know in the comments below. Uh, give us a like, subscribe, give us a thumbs down, whatever. Um, for Javi, my name is William. Catch you on the next one, you guys. Take care.